Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the greatest sports journalist in the history of Erie, Pennsylvania, Mr. Mike Balco. My boy, my boy Michael Balco, writer, podcaster, sports enthusiast. He is the first guest that we have on the Black and Gold Hour podcast this year. He had just contributed, and he also has his own podcast, The Mike Belco Show. Uh, I want you all to uh, welcome Mr. Mike Belco. Us today to speak about the New Orleans Saints is Michael Balco from The Michael Balco Show. Host of The Michael Balco Show, please welcome Michael Balco. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Michael Balco Show. Today I am joined by Northeast alum who was born in Northeast Pennsylvania, a former Mercyhurst University running back, and recently drafted XFL tight end athlete, Taysom Hill type player. He could do it all. Garrett Owens, the one and only. How are we doing today, brother? Doing great, man. Hey, thank you for having me on today. Um, pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. The pleasure is mine. The pleasure is actually mine. Believe it or not, guys, we're actually doing this one in person. This one's not a uh, over Zoom or anything like that. This one's in person. Um, so first, first for both of us, Garrett's not on many podcasts, you know, it's my first ever in-person athlete interview and it's going to be lit. So we're going to start this off the same way we start off every, every episode, rep the hometown. Tell us about your hometown in Northeast Pennsylvania. All you eerie folks listening, you guys know about Northeast. Tell us about Northeast, Northeast Pennsylvania and what makes it so unique. Yeah, so um, for anybody that doesn't know, um, Northeast is definitely smaller town compared to, uh, you know, any other the bigger cities around the U.S. and things. Small rural, grape farm town, and uh, um, just a lot of a lot of festivals. Um, I mean, you obviously know the Cherry Festival, probably a um, bunch of wineries and things like that, um, but. Uh, the town definitely loves sports, football, basketball, track and field and things, and those are the three that I played in high school, and I know um, everybody always loved coming out to the games and things. Yeah, not only did you play them, my man, you dominated them, especially <laughs> football. You attended Northeast High School, the Great Pickers, where you were an absolute menace, racking up over 4,300 rushing yards and 61 touchdowns in two years, your junior and senior year. How did you find so much success on the field, and what kind of college interest did you have right off the jump coming out of high school? Looking back on my high school career, I mean, I didn't really play varsity my freshman year. My brother, who I had the privilege to play with in college at Mercyhurst for three years, he was a senior when I was a freshman. So, I mean, since we were little, I think – having him as a senior when I was a freshman and just uh, kind of imitating some of the things that he did, always trying to be better than him, honestly. We were always very competitive in whatever sport we played, in season, off season, even in college and things. And, uh, you know, I just think being a leader and just wanting to pick up the guys around me on the team in high school and just uh, every season – um, I just got better and better and better, and uh, that's always my goal. And I think that continued to continued to show throughout college as well. Yeah. What kind of you know college interest did you have? We we know that you ended up committing to Mercyhurst University. We'll touch on that in a second. But 
So coming out of, of high school, you know, you have 61 touchdowns in two years and 4,300 rushing yards. We're talking like Derrick Henry numbers right there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what kind of like interest were you getting? And then, you know, what ultimately led you to Mercyhurst? Yeah, I mean, you talk about those stats. I mean, it was funny. We, I remember talking to my head coach. I was like, Coach, why don't we, you know, he's like, man, because before the season in camp, they were kind of thinking about what offense we wanted to run and everything. Because my junior year, there was a senior running back that was a year older than me that we were sharing, you know, offensive carries and things like that as, as running backs. And when he graduated, the coaches were kind of rethinking things, and I, I kind of brought up the Wildcat. And we implemented that my senior season in high school, and it worked out pretty well. I mean, I'd say, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, um, as far as interest uh, coming out of high school, um, there was definitely some FCS schools, a uh, handful of FBS schools that, that I talked to, and that came into the high school and things. Um, but definitely the most was the local. Uh, PSAC, the PSAC schools, you know, Mercyhurst, Gannon, IEP, Slippery Rock, all those kind of schools um, that I played at Mercyhurst. And, you know, like I said, my older brother I played with at Mercyhurst for three years, and um, we've always been super close and have been training together our whole lives. And so when I was thinking about, man, should I go here, here, there, I was just thinking, you know what? Um, because my brother already went to Mercyhurst, I already had the opportunity to to meet and get to know not only the coaches but a lot of the a lot of the team at Mercyhurst. Develop good relationships with them, and kind of saw a good opportunity to go and and uh, pursue the dream to play running back at the time in college. And I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go play with Rocky, my older brother Rocky. He was the starting linebacker. Uh, for the team my whole career there when he graduated I earned the starting running back spot so it was fun to just kind of kind of tear it up on the field together and uh we're roommates and things like that so it was it was definitely a, a blessing that's awesome and you know like you mentioned you you took your talents to Mercy Earth University you spent three years there um you totaled 1,757 rushing yards and 18 tutties um before ultimately transferring to Duquesne um what was the biggest transition from high school to college football? And then, you know, what ultimately led to your decision to transfer to Duquesne? <coughs> so the biggest transition from high school to college, I think for anyone that makes that jump, is just learning, like, the details of the game and with Coach Schetzel, the head coach at Mercyhurst at the time when I first went, and he was my running back coach all throughout my career there, he had a pretty pretty in-depth, um, quote-unquote, complicated offense, and I'm just grateful that that's how the offense was run um, because I learned, I learned so much, and uh, it definitely took my IQ of, of the game of football to where I never even thought it could go. Um, it allowed the transfer from Mercyhurst to Duquesne so much easier because of what I learned at Mercyhurst, whether that's pass protection, blocking schemes. I mean, we are, like I said, our offense was just very, um, it was very like pro, um, it was just at a high level and, uh, 
like NFL style playbook and play calling and it uh, really when I went to Duquesne picking up the offense I had the whole thing memorized in like a week and a half two weeks all the signals and everything and I was just ready to go because of my foundation um, and everything that I that I gained at Mercyhurst through Coach Setzel and his offense. Nice. And, you know, while at Duquesne, you balled out your final two years at college, which is the common theme here. You're just balling, bro. It doesn't matter where you go. Give that boy Gio the rock, and he's balling. You racked up an additional 1,038 yards and 10 tutties. You also tacked on 33 catches and three more touchdowns through the air. Um, so, yeah, you balled out. What kind of pro football interest did you have coming out of college? Did you really, you know, did you think you – you did what it took, you know, to, like, make that next jump to the pro level where you starting to get interest. Like, when did you kind of realize that, yo, I could play this at the next level? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, midway through my last season at Duquesne um, and even, like, my last year at Mercyhurst. Um, my last year at Mercyhurst had a few hits from NFL teams and things, just kind of brief, you know, hey, things are going good, man. Keep it up and stuff. And then my last year at Duquesne, um, there were some scouts that came in, and I had the privilege to sit down and talk with them. Um, and then, you know, after the season concluded, uh, there was a handful of teams I was talking with after my pro day. And I had, you know, the pro day at Duquesne outside, 7 a.m., 28 degrees, Perfect conditions, right? <laughs> Did you wear and sleeves or no sleeves? No, no shirt. Oh man! Yep, hat just ready to rock. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I was like, all right, um, draft day's coming. So, I did like a two-month pre-draft prep program. I was ready to rock. You know, I was. You know, I knew that I could be there. I still know that I can and will be there. Um, it's just like. Hey, everybody's got a different journey, and um, I've always had belief in myself um, in a humble way. Um, just kind of put my head down and do, just put in the work every day, month after month, year after year. And a lot of things that people don't see is kind of where, you, how you get where you want to go, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had my pro day, and then. Um, what were some what were some teams that were kind of like if you're able to say obviously what were some teams that were giving you a little bit of NFL interest what's funny is uh, <laughs> um, what's funny is the last team that I talked to was the Houston Texans and it's funny enough that I'm getting drafted to the Houston Roughnecks I was drafted and uh, they there was just Hey, we're going to bring you into camp, bring you into camp. Um, and obviously, when the draft hit, it was just dead silence afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, hearing from hearing from teams, and I never really got my hopes up because until I signed or anything like that, um, I mean, it's just nothing changes when you get drafted. It's all, it's all a business, man. It's like yeah. – it's like the craziest thing ever because like I've, I've talked to so many dudes on my show and it's like the same story time and time again, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, man, you're a lock. You're going to come in. You're going to, you're going to bust it at camp and we're going to see what you got and this, that, and the third, and they never even hear it back. It's crazy. It's like, it's wild to me. Um, 
But you mentioned that, you know, it's kind of an off-the-dome question. You, you mentioned that you had some NFL interest, you know, your last year at Mercyhurst. Did that weigh into, like, was that well, did that make that decision to transfer to Duquesne a little bit harder, you know, knowing you were already getting NFL interest and, you know, presumably you're already the starting running back. You could just, just literally just rack up even better numbers. Or was it just, bro, I'm going to go and I'm going to show that I can do it at an even higher level and then just continue to ball out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think transfer, transferring for for anyone is different. Everybody's transfer story or experience is different. And, you know, like I always say, Hurst is home, you know, because it is. And uh, uh, I love my my career there, all the coaches, players, um, big family. Um, like I said, played with my brother. There's memories that I'll never that I'll never forget there. And uh, um, like I had the starting spot. I uh, loved the education um, and the classes that I was taking, and like literally across the board. Great school, big family, awesome program, and yeah, it was just looking at my athletic opportunities and my educational opportunities and looking at, hey, how can I maximize both? And I did finance and, you know, I was like, okay, graduation's coming up. Uh, my senior year, uh, I had another year of eligibility, so I'm like, okay, maximizing football opportunities on the field, check the box. Um, there wasn't really any master's programs that went along well in my mind um, for what I wanted to do that kind of paired up with a finance degree. So I was like, man, you know, it wasn't an easy decision by any means because you're kind of diving into some uncertainty, which is not always a bad thing and uh, definitely a learning experience. And I'm grateful um, just kind of putting yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable. You're not really sure what's going to happen. And then. And then Duquesne called me when I went to the portal. I didn't even really look there or anything. And they're like, hey, we want you to come play running back. And I was like, all right. Turns out they had an awesome NBA program. So, you know, I was like, all right. Went and visited there. Everything seemed right. Uh, they had some running backs that graduated. And I was like, okay, well, I have the opportunity to go earn a starting spot there. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to maximize both. So um, I ended up making that decision. And, uh, yeah. Went down there. A couple other Erie guys there, too. So, you know, probably felt yeah. a little bit more like home. You know, Joe was there. Uh, Billy Lucas, yeah. I think, is there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. A couple of hometown guys. Joe Mishler, he was uh, my roommate for a couple of years. I'm real close um, with him and all those guys. And, uh, um, yeah, it was it was a blast playing with those guys. Um, any any opportunity to get uh, on, a, on a new team or, or anything like that and meet new players, it, it may seem – you know, hey, uncomfortable or something like that. But um, at the end of the day, it's football and it's a team and um, it's a family. So it was just a blessing to go and uh, go and have a successful career there and, and play on a, a great team. So Yeah. So we've talked about how you just ran the rock a ton <laughs> all through <laughs> high school, college, all of that. But you uh, you were drafted as a as a tight end. We'll talk on I'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know, when did you kind of make that switch to the tight end position? Um, you know, gearing up for the XFL, 
And was that a difficult transition? Kind of how do you approach the tight end position differently than you approach the running back position? Yeah, honestly, uh, for me, like they've they've kind of went hand in hand just in the way that that I've always played um, from a young age, high school, college, and, and in college. Um, it's just kind of in the skill set um, and. Um, as we said, you know, I played running back all throughout um, high school and college, all six years in college. Um, but my last year at Mercier's led the team in receptions. So, uh, and at Duquesne, I had a handful of receiving touchdowns and, and things like that. So that versatility has always been there. And after my pro day at Duquesne with all the NFL teams there, I worked out as a running back, didn't hear anything after the draft. You know, obviously there's a lot of running backs and they're looking for kind of like a specific um, body type and skill set and kind of and, and things like that. And uh, I'm obviously 6'3", 230, and, you know, I think I was like, I got an invite to the first XFL showcase in June, and I was like, man, man, how can I, uh, you know, separate myself? How can I make myself stand out and kind of show my uh, versatility more? Um, running routes, catching the ball, um, doing those kind of receiver, H-back, tight end type things. So when I went down to the uh, showcase in D.C. in June, I was like, you know what, I'm going to sign myself up as, as a tight end. And uh, I just kind of fit right in, um, did well in all the drills. They had some combine stuff going on down in D.C. And then uh, ran routes, kind of did my thing there, all catches routes uh did well across the board there and uh that definitely paid off and all the head coaches were there for all the eight teams and I got to meet everybody and and uh meet a lot of good players that um actually got drafted and it's just cool to see those guys that were there with you get drafted as well and it's uh so yeah I mean just and, and again it's taking that risk and you know it's just believing in yourself and like, hey, I know I played running back for six years in college, but you know what? I'm going to go down and work out as a tight end just to show them that, you know, I can do more. Um, I can play multiple positions. And uh, even some of the guys that were timing the drills that were staffed for some of the teams, they're like, man, you played running back in college? And uh, it was just funny to see that and – so I could already tell that they were kind of like, man, this kid can kind of do more than just run the ball. So, um, yeah, it definitely paid off because I did get drafted as a tight end. But after the draft, it was refreshing to hear the coaches talk about how, hey, we just want to bring you in and we want you to do you. We want to play your game. We want to coach you up to become the best player that you can and then uh, just kind of let you go out and, and uh, have a successful um, season. Yeah, and I think right now is the perfect time for you to be like, you know, going into the XFL as a tight end because, you know, we see how the NFL tight end landscape is changing. You know, like a prime example is the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill. You know, I know I said that in the intro because, you know, we were texting back and forth this week and I'm like, this dude can do everything. So like, bro, like you look at like the way the tight end position is changing just in the NFL, you know, and then. Obviously, the NFL is going to be looking for new talent in these in these leagues like the XFL, the CFL, and you know all these other leagues, and USFL as well. And 
you know, being an athletic tight end who can run, who has running back experience, that's almost more lucrative to NFL teams than it is to just be a standard inline blocking tight end who can catch, but like that's not what you're there for. You know what I mean? So this is like a prime opportunity for you. Um, <laughs> with that being said, what do you look for? Like when you cut the tape and you're watching film leading up to games and just in general, what are you looking for? What, do you, what are some tendencies you try to pick up? What are some advice you can give to fellow film watchers that are listening? Yeah, so, you know, obviously as a running back, you're looking at, you're looking at the D linemen, you're looking at the front, um, you're looking at the linebackers, the secondary, and um, each team has their set of different coverages or um, man, zone, whatever they're running. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, tendencies. I mean, um, just paying attention to the details, understanding how defense runs in and out, um, and kind of knowing based off of the game plan that you have for that week, um, just understanding how they're going to try and um, attack your weaknesses in, in your offense and uh, <laughs> release whatever they think those would be. And uh, – um, looking at key players, uh, obviously every defense is going to have a set of, um, you know, like star players. And a lot of times in college for me, that was kind of going head to head with one of their, you know, main middle linebackers or outside linebackers or safeties. And it's just, uh, how are the linebackers reading the pulling guards if we're running gap scheme or running power or counter and then, or even ISO. There's a lot of times where, um, just simply knowing, um, whether or not an offense flows a lot or a little when it comes to um, seeing them react to a pulling guard or a certain type of blocking scheme that your offensive line's doing. Like, there's a lot of times where I knew that the defense was going to crash super hard um, um, if we were running an ISO to the right, and they'd fly off to the right, and i just hit it backside and run for 80 yards because, you know, and it's just simple things like that and just knowing the characteristics and tendencies of a defense. Um, like the more time you spend to get to know someone, uh, the more the more you're going to know how they're going to react. So in the same way, the more time you spend getting to know a defense, the more you're going to know how they're going to react to your offense. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, just uh, kind of – getting a feel and kind of putting yourself in their shoes so all right Garrett I'm gonna put you on the spot bro ready right. for these rapid fire questions <laughs> so these rapid fire questions for everyone listening he does not have to answer them fast I just kind of make it the rapid fire segment because it's just we're putting you on the spot we're putting you under fire a little bit because you know we're gonna make you more personable but also people might be judging you bro I'm not gonna lie it's all good I'm just I'm just messing with you <laughs> all right first question would you rather wrestle an alligator in the water or a grizzly bear on land? Definitely a gator in the water. Why? 99 better 99% better chance of survival. You jump on there. You a strong swimmer? Hey, you jump on there. <laughs> you wrap your arms around around those jaws and just <laughs> let it roll you. And Some eventually it'll give up. So at some may argue, some may argue that you have a better shot at the grizzly bear. You could just truck his ass over. You know what Not I mean? Not happening. Not happening. No. Man, I've always been a hunter, and uh, 
bear in the woods with no if you have no gun or anything i mean you're no, t- straight up straight hands bro. can't climb trees nothing. i mean you can climb the tree you have an advantage with that six grizzlies can climb trees can they hell yeah oh, well so hey i'm going <laughs> with the gator roll <laughs> i'd probably go with the gator roll too now that i know these new facts give me your uh so for those of you who aren't local you know them them houston fans that are tuning in um me and Garrett are both in the Erie area, um, so we're gonna we're gonna shine some light on the hometown a little bit. So give me your three favorite things about the city of Erie. Yeah, so uh, for anybody that's not around here, we obviously uh, Lake Erie. You know, we live in Erie, PA, and uh, I mean, living by the lake is something I've always loved growing up. Going out on the boat, enjoying the sunsets, the beaches right on Presque Isle here. We have a big state park that goes out um, into the lake, and uh, it's kind of the only place like that on Lake Erie. And uh, so just going to the beaches and just enjoying the outdoors and uh, and, and the Great Lake. Uh, I think uh, I think just like the, the rural aspects of the area. I mean, yeah, there is a city here, but there's a lot of things to do outside the city. Um, enjoying out the outdoors, hiking, hunting, fishing, riding dirt bikes. Um, snowmobile and I've always kind of done that stuff growing up and then um I would say just I would say just like the I always thought playing at Mercyhurst it was cool how um I know Edinburgh is a little a little further south but so we have in the PSAC where I played my undergrad at Mercyhurst um Mercyhurst and Gannon University are right in the city so you have two colleges that are rivals and then we always called it the Lake Erie Cup um, because Mercier's Edinburgh and Gannon were always battling for who would win, like, all three games. You know what I mean? And so it was just cool to have that kind of close rivalry, rivalry in a collegiate atmosphere. Yeah. You know? Like, not a lot of people experience that. Yeah. For those of you listening, Edinburgh is probably, like, a 20-minute drive from, like, So we're all here. Area. Yeah, we're, like, all in the same area. It's it's crazy. It's almost just like, you know, high school football rivalries, but at the next level, it's wild. And these rivalries, they're, they're intense, man. They're like some of the greatest games that Erie has ever seen. And those of you listening also, like, I know everybody in Erie who is listening can attest to this. Erie's a huge sports town. You know, like, not too long ago, we had an NBA G League team here. We have the Erie Seawolves, man. They just went to the championship game last year. Ton of... <laughs> ton of uh football here just so much good stuff hockey the erie otters ohl man good grief like we got a lot of of good sports here in erie and we've had we've had a lot of very good athletes come out of erie too garrett's just the next one all right next next rapid fire question what is the weirdest conspiracy theory you've ever believed hit me (laughs) man oh man Oh man, I would have to say, um, I think when I was younger, uh, like I said, I was always a hunter and things. So, um, me and my brother would always like we'd call and always joke about it. But hey, um, we'd always take trips, kind of out in the middle of nowhere to hunt and things. It's like, hey, when we were younger, it's like maybe Bigfoot, maybe Bigfoot's out there. <laughs> Not the old, not the old Bigfoot conspiracy <laughs> theory. That has passed me on. So, but uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. There you go. I mean, Bigfoot might be out there, man. You never know. Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> if you could erase 
one emotion from the world forever, what would it be? This is the craziest question I think I've ever asked anybody. I don't know if unforgiveness is an emotion, but I think that'd be something good to erase. Yeah, we'll call it an emotion. You know, you don't want to carry around a burden. You know what I mean? Hey, man. I like that answer. I thought you were going to say, like, sad. You know what I mean? But then, no. like, sadness sometimes has its perks. You know what I mean? Because you're sad about something because you care about it. You know, I think I think your answer is golden. There so now go. we're, we're going to get back to regular scheduled programming here. <laughs> now that the... Uh, now that the rapid fire questions are behind us. Um, okay, so you were recently drafted. We've already established this by the XFL's Houston Roughnecks as a tight end. Man, it's incredible. How awesome was that? Um, you know, getting that call, you know, you've you've overcome the odds your entire career. You know, me and you were discussing that a little bit before we went on air. Um, how does it feel to take your talent to the next level? Shout out to the police in the background. Hey, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. It was uh, pretty surreal at first. Um, you know, I was at work. Uh, my schedule for for a while before I stepped down from my job <clears throat> was just, you know, a handful of days a week. I'd get up, go to the track, do a sprint workout, go to work, train after work in the, uh, in the weight room and everything, come home, do it again and uh yeah i was at work and i i kind of you know was getting some emails and phone calls and things a few weeks before the draft so i was just uh i was excited and so uh, the draft was going on in your ass still went to work bro yeah <laughs> hey hey man gotta get it done right and uh so i'm sitting there got the draft pulled up i'm watching it live and I'm like, this is insane. Like, okay, for the offensive skills, 11 rounds, eight picks around. First round, one through eight. Everybody's solid. I knew the Roughnecks. Um, they reached out to me a few weeks prior, and they had the last pick of the first round, so that's eighth overall, and then they had the first pick of the second round. I'm like, man, they got two in a row here. They, you know, they picked the first one. Last pick of the first round, second round kicks off, and I get a text from one of the guys on staff, and it's just the text, hey, are you by your phone? And I'm like, <laughs> I just start laughing. I didn't really say anything. It was, you know, the guys in the office and everything, and I was like, yes, sir. And I get a text back, Coach Phillips will be calling you. And I said, I said, thank you. <laughs> and, uh. My heart starts beating pretty, you know, heart rate kicks up a little bit. And then a couple minutes later, I get a call. And, you know, um, as you, you probably saw the video with Coach Phillips on the phone with me. And that was just a small segment of our conversation. But, man, it was just, uh, it was just, it's like all the, all the, all the work over the years and the months, week after week, day after day, just stacking days. Um, Put in your two weeks at least. You don't want to leave on bad turns, my man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just all the work that you put in, and it finally, it finally pays off. Like hard work pays off. It's never rang more true. And uh, yeah. And then, offense coordinator called me. Running back coach called me, 
and uh, just welcoming me to the team and welcoming me to the XFL. And then I got a call from the director of marketing for the XFL. And she's like, man, welcome to the XFL. And um, yeah, you know, um, our owners want to hop on a conference call with you, welcome you to the team and to, and to the league and everything. And I was like, owners? Because I, <laughs> I knew that was The Rock and Danny Garcia. She's like, yeah, Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia. I was like, sounds good. Send me the link. <laughs> and then uh, like 40 minutes go by. I was just in this waiting room. And, and then I had the, the privilege to hop on a call with the two owners, Danny Garcia and, and Dwayne Johnson. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was uh, definitely a privilege. I mean, it was, it was a good experience, great experience, a uh, lot of laughs. Um, what was cut in that video was like the last minute out of like the four or five minute conversation we had. And it was just awesome getting to meet them and just looking forward to getting to meet them in person when camp kicks off and then meeting the coaches and the players and the rest of the staff and the athletic trainers and everything and, and just getting the ball rolling and uh, going out and dominating the XFL. Were you starstruck at all whenever you, <laughs> you hopped in that call and you see Dwayne The Rock Johnson literally sitting there? <laughs> getting ready to just have a conversation. Not only that, but he gave you a nickname. He gave you a nickname, bro. Tell, tell, tell us about the nickname he gave you and, you know, if you were starstruck at all. Yeah, so... Uh, honestly, you have to answer it honestly. <coughs> so, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, I was in this waiting room for kind of, like, like a good 35, 40 minutes because, you know... Martavius Bryant was on there, AJ McCarron was on there, and some other guys uh, that I was seeing from the other teams, and uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I was just kind of watching their interviews and and just kind of seeing how it was gonna play out, and I mean, my heart was beating pretty hard for a while there, but once once I got on the call, um, yeah, I was I was calm and it was just I was just I was just grateful you know, to uh, hop on a call with The Rock, the Black Adam. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a privilege to talk to the two owners and uh, um, just get to meet them. And, I mean, they're the owners of the league. Like, if it wasn't for them, this opportunity wouldn't be there. And uh, um, as, as they both said, like, this type of opportunity wasn't there when they were coming out. And uh, it's an absolute blessing. And I'm extremely grateful. And, uh like I said, I just cannot wait to put that Roughnecks jersey on, um, and uh, I'm excited for the for the for the uh, uniform reveals because <laughs> I don't think they revealed the uniforms yet. I don't think so. You got to uh, you got to send me one, bro. Hey me. man, get you a jersey. Hey, you heard it here. You heard it here first. But no, that's sick. That's sick, man. And man, I hope I hope you know for your sake you get to form like a super dope connection with the Rock. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be so cool. And, you know, it's just one of those moments that you just like, you know, for me, like my my claim to fame that I'm going to tell my grandkids about one day is getting featured on the Pat McAfee show. You know, that was my like big moment, you know, and I was very happy and thrilled. You know, that's easily could be one of your moments right there, you know, and your career is just getting started, which is even more crazy to me because like you have an opportunity to make even more moments, you know, and and I'm betting I'm betting on the odds for you to do that, too. So. I like I like your chances. And yeah. that's just it's an incredible moment. You just like yeah. bro, I just got drafted. You know, I'm I'm coming from, you know, not the biggest school in the world. You know, I just grinded my entire life and now I have a nickname from the rock. Like, yeah. And as far as the whole nickname thing goes, I I was just laughing. I mean, he was like, you know, hey, 
you know, me and me and me and Danny, you know, he was he was saying, you know, as the owners, they pulled the head coach aside when they were about to pick me, and he was like, hey, you know, we pulled the coaches aside, and they said you're gonna be the problem. <laughs> and just the way he said it, I was cracking up, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, hey, I'll, I'll I'll take the nickname, I'll own it, you know. Houston, we got a problem, right? Luke Combs. Ooh. Ooh. Luke Combs. I went to a Luke I Combs love, concert hey, recently. Big fan of country music. Big That's fan cool. of Luke Combs. Me too. And, uh, you know, I actually put some music out. It's not, uh, you know, st- hey, you got to start somewhere, man. Drop it, bro. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's funny. I mean, out of all the people to get a nickname, you know, it's just funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like you said, it's just one of those experiences and one of those uh, connections that uh, can only lead to, to good things. So I'm excited. Hey, when I was younger, I was always saying I want to be an actor. So getting a sweet action movie or something, hey. Hey, hey be the backup, know. maybe the guy that Dwayne just punches across the room or something. Dude. Let's do it. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> All right, tell us. I know you kind of briefly mentioned it a little bit earlier, but tell us about your first conversation with the Houston Roughnecks. Maybe even go a little bit more in depth on, like, maybe some of the pre-draft conversations they were having with you and, you know, kind of tell us how they plan to use you. You know, I know you mentioned that, you know, they were going to let you just do your thing and you're just going to ball out, but – Man, just go a little bit more in depth on it and kind of just tell us what they're kind of telling you, really, whatever you can, obviously. Don't get yourself in trouble, but tell us what you can about, you know, what you're expecting or, you know, whatever, going into Houston. Yeah, so, you know, um, like I said um, before the podcast, like, there, there are some guys that out of high school, they go to college, they play – quarterback or receiver they get to college hey we're gonna move you to outside linebacker um there's a guy on your podcast that that happened to um there's there's thousands of players that get moved to the opposite side of the ball or whatever and i mean i've had the privilege and you know just through determination and hard work and just you know working on you know iq the game and skill set and everything and just the craft of being a running back and being a versatile one I've had the privilege to just play running back uh, ever since I was eight. I've always started at that position, and uh, and like just to hear the coaches call me and welcome me to the team, and they were just like, "Hey, we wanted to come to you. We want we want you to come into the to the offense, and we love your skill set. We love what you do. We love all your like your film and everything." Um, and just to hear them kind of say, "Hey, we just want to." use you in a very similar way that you that you kind of did things at Mercyhurst and Duquesne. Um, you know, I was drafted as a tight end, but as you heard in um, at the draft, they interviewed Coach Phillips, and even you, you hear him say how, hey, he can play running back, receiver, tight end, H-back, and that's kind of how I've always been used as a kind of like a, uh, like a versatile type player. I can kind of do a bunch of different things. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to going and just playing my game and bringing that to the team and, and just winning games and and then, yeah, winning that championship. So, Yeah. Coach Phillips, if you're listening, me and Garrett want to run it back with you on it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Um, who is the best player you have ever played with and against in your entire football career? It's the hardest question I ask every single athlete on this show. But I'll give you a little tidbit, though. I know the best player that you've ever played against has to be me. You know, it has to be. Yeah. Because, like, for those of you who don't know, Garrett Owens, my guest today, was my first ever high school football tackle. I remember that, too, man. No, you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Knock the wind right out of me. <laughs> no, you don't. Stop <laughs> capping, bro. <laughs> Nah, it was on a, it was on, it was on kickoff. You were, you were returning the ball, and I was running around the outside, definitely not staying in my lane. You know, shout out to Coach Root, cause like I can just admit going it now, after the ball, bro. Ball I was hawk. just going, bro. <laughs> Pre-game, I'm like, I'm gonna tackle this big ass dude, <laughs> and I was pretty happy. You know, I just kind of tripped you up barely. You know, it wasn't like one of those like tackle tackles. It right. was one of those like I kind of tripped you up, but like I think you just sympathy fell because you saw some scrawny 130 pound kid coming at you. <laughs> No, nah, but who's the best player you've ever played with and against? I just – I've played with a lot of good players. And uh, I'd say the best player I've ever played with, um, physically, mentally, skill set. I have to give that to my brother. Um, best player, not only because he was a damn good player on the field, but also is majority of the reason why I'm the player, why I am you know that I am yeah. my whole life for sure you know yeah. so um we were always competing going head to head and I had, like I said I had the privilege to play um with him for three years in college and a year in high school and then uh the best player I ever played against um there's a lot yeah there's a lot you're um, gonna be playing against even more now it's crazy you're gonna be playing against some dogs like even on your own team, you got some you got some dudes on that defensive side of the ball. But is there anybody that's ever like hit you and you're just like, damn, I'm gonna remember you? <laughs> anybody comes to mind? Yeah, when we were at Duquesne, um, it was kind of a head-to-head. -head, uh, uh, great player from Wagner, Titus Leo. Um, he just big, dominant, defensive guy. Just always, always getting to the ball. So when we were, when we were uh, game playing the run game, um, it was always just how can we kind of control that, man. And uh, so it was always good, man. And, you know, whether I broke a tackle or he was tackling me or, or whatever, it was always good sportsmanship. And he's just a great guy, great player. And, uh, yeah, man. So Sick. I'm going to have to get him on the show. That's right. <laughs> Talk about how we both popped Garrett Owens. That's right. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. But uh, so we already mentioned you're an alum of Northeast, the great pickers. Um, they now have Javon Johnson as their head coach. For those of you who don't know who Javon Johnson is, he is an alum of this show. Uh, he played over a decade in the CFL, was one of the best, is one of the best CFL players of all time. Actually played a couple years for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Um, that's a huge signing for Northeast. That's huge. And I know there's a lot of politics that kind of went behind it, too. You know, the city of Erie snubbing Javon and all that good stuff. But what are your thoughts on the future of the Northeast football program? And how huge of an addition is Javon Johnson, you know, to just Northeast as a whole? And just kind of just even if, if like the record doesn't reflect it yet. But like, you know, that's just it's got to be huge, man. And, you know, as a Northeast yeah. alum and arguably the best player to ever come out of Northeast, I want to know your thoughts on on the future of northeast and, and kind of how they're how they're looking yeah i mean 
I definitely can't wait to meet him, you know. Uh, I know I'll meet him here in the near future. And, uh, you know, I mean, as a player of Northeast, you know, I think, like, just having a guy that has great experience on the field, off the field, knows what it takes to be successful on the field, um, ins and outs, doing the things that nobody else sees, having that IQ of the game. Um, and, and, and especially, obviously, I think for high school, obviously it's going to get more complex from high school to college to the pros. So as far as playbooks and all that kind of thing. So obviously, you know, he's going to bring all that great things. But I think most importantly, he's going to be able to bring um, just that mindset um, and kind of pass that down and plant those seeds and light those fires in younger in younger guys from freshmen to seniors in high school and just kind of build that culture um, to kind of go out and just uh, just dominate. And I think a lot of that comes from especially at the high school level, just um, just the culture and the mindset of a team, you know. Yeah. So We've already seen them throw the ball a ton more, too. They're, they're young quarterback. I think his name's Jackson Humes. Already broke the school passing touchdown yeah. record. Like, it's crazy. So they're already starting to do good things. You know, just people are going to want to go out to Northeast. I know you got to, like, relocate or some crazy stuff in order to do that, I think. But they want to go out to Northeast, man, and they want to play football underneath Javon because he's been there. He's done that, man. And – Shoop! When your playing days are over, go join him, man. I'll come with you. I'll be like the special teams coordinator. Hey, you know we'll just run it up, bro. That's All three right. of us, bro. There's no, there's no stopping could, Northeast. Hey, there's nothing wrong with. Hey, like you said, coaching kids don't how to go down and smack someone on kickoff. So. <laughs> you know it, bro. No one knows how to do it better than me, right? <laughs> no, but that's. I'm really excited for like the future of the Northeast football program. Like. You know, when they when they when they got Javon and Javon's a great guy, you know, I had him on my shows. He was a very good conversation. He he actually coached me a little bit at Mercyhurst Prep. Um, he came and, you know, mentored us and you know, when we had Jesse Lucetta, you know, he was one of like Jesse's mentors and stuff like that. And so he was around a lot when we had Jesse. Um, but it was just crazy seeing him around and just his presence alone, it's like, All right, bro, I got a ball because like you don't know who that man knows. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Javon could easily just start murmuring in, like, people's ears in college. You're just like, all right, bro, maybe I'll get an offer that's not Teal. You know? <laughs> it's crazy because I feel like everybody in Erie goes to Teal. You know? know. But <laughs> it's just wild. So, yeah, man, just the presence of Javon alone, you know, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, this dude's done that. So, yeah, definitely I'm excited. You know, you know, they didn't have the record they wanted this year. But, you know, there's always room to grow, you know. Not everybody's Nick, Nick Sirianni, man. You know what I mean? So yeah. You're not always just going to win games right off the bat. But Northeast, man, watch out for him because I, I know the man that they have as their head coach right now, and it's looking good for him. It's looking good for him. Um, what is a piece of adversity or multiple that you've had to overcome, and how did you do so? Whether it's your football career, whether it's in life, no matter what it is, man, tell us about some adversity you've had to overcome and, you know, share with the listeners. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing comes to mind. I mean, just focusing on athletics. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> coming out of high school. Um, We're good. <laughs> coming out of high school, uh, 
you know, it was funny. There was a lot of people that were saying, hey, man, you know, you're tall, 6'3". At the time, I was like 215, 210 or something. Um, you know, hey, you're probably going to get moved to defense. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, yeah, I get where you're coming from. That's cool. You know, if that were to happen, hey, I'll go give it everything I got. But my mindset has always been, I'm going to go earn a spot at running back. And, and, uh, and this, it kind of gets to where I'm going. Um, so when I got to Mercyhurst, um, there was, uh, I redshirted my first year. There were some senior running backs. And then my redshirt freshman year, um, it was me and another running back that was a few years older than me. And I wasn't the starter for the first three games of the season. Uh, week three, I got in. I played a couple reps, had a couple, like a receiving touchdown, maybe a rushing touchdown or two. My first two games of my redshirt freshman year, kind of just rotating in. But uh, the third game of the season, we had East Stroudsburg, and I'm the type of guy that's always ready to go. So first quarter, uh, first half of the game, I remember I got in, had a couple catches or something like that. And then it wasn't until the fourth quarter that I got put in, we were down. And uh, it wasn't until the fourth quarter where I got put in. And uh, <laughs> it, I, I kind of started the, the fourth quarter. I think we, we started off with the ball. And I got put in. I had like 14 carries for 140-some yards, three rushing touchdowns, and uh, we ended up coming back and winning. And then after that, I kind of had the starting spot for the rest of my career. And just, you know, um, always it just kind of taught me to hey you know even in the face of adversity just always remain positive and put your head down and just just uh you know there's a saying earn not given that i I'd always like to kind of live by it's like you got to go earn it i mean um entitlement can be detrimental to someone's success because they kind of kick back take the foot off the gas but uh, you got to earn everything you get. And uh, so, yeah, that was definitely like the the first door that opened to like my, my career in college at running back because, you know, standing by, kind of just always staying ready. Your whole freshman year, traveling to all the games. I was hot all game, every game, constantly, up and down the sideline, ready to rock. And uh, ended up getting redshirted, but um, had a good spring spring season. Um, spring ball and then yeah week three earned that starting job and just continued to kind of continue to lead the team um, every day in practice that was my thing every day's game day uh, bring it every day um, game speed because if you don't practice like it's game day every day then when the game hits it's gonna be a little too fast for you um, so that always helps um, and just yeah so I think that and uh, yeah, nice. I love that, man. I love I love whenever you're just committed. You know what I mean? When like I love when I talk to somebody and they're just like, I'm gonna do it my way. Like regardless if my journey takes a little longer to get where I want to be, I'm doing it my way, and that's the way I want to do it. And I love that. I love that mindset. Um, and as you were kind of talking, it just kind of dawned on me in my head. You know, usually when we talk about running backs, most people, you know, for the sake of career longevity, want to usually pivot out of that position and 
and want to maybe switch to receiver, or maybe want to switch to tight end or a different position on the defense. Um, why are you so dead set on like, bro, I want that ball in my hands. I want to be a running back. I want to make it as a running back. Why? Why? I'm just curious. You know, I love it. And I love that you're a great running back, you know, but I'm just curious because you see so many guys all the time and they're just like, nah, you know, I want I wanted to get out of that position because of just the wear and tear it takes on your body, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, high, high volume in high school, high volume in college, and, you know, you're about to do your thing in the XFL, yeah. but what's been so lucrative about running back to you throughout your career? I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of been ingrained in me just feels natural oh yeah yeah because like i said eight years old boom went in little gritters started you know it's just funny thinking back and uh every year of my life i've, I've played running back and that's just kind of what i do and it's not like hey this kid runs the ball he runs straight and that's what he does it's like yeah, yeah i say running back but i I was like I was drafted to do multiple different things. Mm -hmm. Run the ball from the backfield, go out on the slot, go out at wide out, play a little H back slash tight end. So you know, um and that's kinda how I've always been used, like high school, running Wildcat, doing a bunch of crazy things. Heck I ran Wildcat in college at Mercyhurst. Um have a couple completions through the air at Mercyhurst. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> that passer rating going up. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how my skill skill set um, kind of shows itself and uh, kind of how I can bring the most value to a team. And, yeah. um, again, it was it was great and it was refreshing and um, to hear – the coaches from the Roughnecks say, hey, man, we just want to get the ball in your hands and kind of let you go do you. So um, I'm excited to go do what I've always done, and that's just earn it and just bring that work ethic and kind of set set a standard of, you know, be the first one there, last one to leave. So Yeah, for sure. And what is one thing, you know, kind of piggybacking off the adversity conversation, what is one thing you wish to be remembered for one day? Man, it's tough. I mean, something I always talk about, pray about, um, just to be a light to the world around me. And so in the same way, whether that's in athletics or what you can do through that and how you can impact the world around you, I think just inspiring people to become the best version of themselves. Yeah. Mentally, physically, spiritually. It's kind of how I live my life. So if I can kind of, you know, kind of be that light or plant those seeds in, in younger people or even folks that are a little older than me. It doesn't really matter who it is, but if you can make someone else better and uh, inspire them to become the best version of themselves, I think that's uh, definitely how I'd want to be remembered. Yeah. Like, hey, because because I only say that because that's what impacts me the most from others. Right. Like when I listen or see or, or I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, you know what, they made me better today. Or listen to a podcast or read a book and it's like, man, they kind of changed my life for the better. It's like, and if you can do that for somebody else, I think that goes, there's a ripple effect and there's a lot of things that you're not going to see after the fact 
or maybe you won't even know that you impacted somebody's life or inspired somebody. So it's just, you know, continuing to try to do that on a daily basis by becoming the best version of you. You yeah. can inspire others to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, I think that's incredible. Because I think that's what we all, you know, decent humans out there want to try to do, right, is is inspire people. And, you know, not everybody is going to have a platform to be able to do that. Not everyone's going to be able to, you know, go ball out in the XFL and, you know, do it for the right reasons and, and try to motivate people the same way you're you're planning on doing. And, you know, and I think that's what's so special and so unique about just life is that you're able to just, you know, make make a, a view of yourself entirely on yourself you know what i mean just like what can i do today to get better what can i do today to change someone's life you know i think it's just a mindset that you just kind of have to flip yourself you know what i mean like no one's gonna wake you up in the morning and just say yo get up and go change someone's life today it's not gonna happen you have to like do it on your own and you know i love that we're both like equally you know self-motivated like that to want to do those things and not you know feel like a dread you know and there's no better there's no better season to be doing that than right now you know holiday season giving you know the whole world's giving right now we just been doing it for a lot longer you know what i mean like we're, right. <laughs> we're yeah. just dropping knowledge out here but no i love i love that man because i i in the same way you know i hope to be remembered as somebody who was able to inspire people through my words or through the people that i brought on this show and i can't think of a better guest than my boy geo hey man you're inspiring me, brother. Oh, we're inspiring each other today here at Camp Studios. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last question for you, Garrett. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I ask this question to every single person that I bring on this show, and it is the hands down the biggest reason why I even have this podcast, and it's because we want to inspire people. We want to change people's lives, and there's no better way to do it than hearing it from the people that people look up to most. Um, so what is one piece of advice, Mr. Garrett Owens, that anyone listening to this show um, could take from you? If you could give one piece of advice to anybody listening, what is it? Yeah, man, I think uh, I kind of always say this, and it's uh, it's kind of something that I say because, because of the fact that I was told this type of thing. So one of the last things. And there's, there's, there's ways, I was just thinking about this when you were asking me the question, like there's ways that you could take this and be like, oh, it's not good advice. But so when I was coming into college, when I transferred, even now, I was probably thinking, man, you can't do that. There's always going to be people that doubt. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be people that think you can't do something. And uh, one of the last things that, one of the things that I left with the guys at my senior speech at Mercyhurst was, uh, you know, at the end, one of the things that I left was just, hey, um, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do something that you're setting out to accomplish. And, uh, you know, hey, there was a lot of people that told me, you know, you're not going to be able to play running back, man. You're going to get moved. Or this applies to a lot of things outside of athletics as well. Um, you know, business, relationships, whatever. Um, somebody, anybody that doubts you can look at you and say, Hey, I don't know if you can, if you don't know if you're gonna be able to do that, but anybody that tells you that you can't do something that you're passionate about and have a dream for and want to go set out and accomplish, that's ultimately probably coming from their own doubt or insecurity or something along those lines. So 
if you believe in something, if you believe in yourself, and you have a vision, and you know you can go accomplish something, then go do it. Go make it happen. Like, don't, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something, especially yourself. If you're telling yourself, I can't, I can't. You know, there's a lot of people that say, I can't. But uh, I just, my advice is, hey, if you, if you find yourself saying that, just find a way to kind of um, flip the script and uh, um, just believe in yourself and, and uh, find a way to go make it happen. Yeah, wise words from the Houston Roughnecks newest <laughs> utility athlete right there. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Garrett Owens, where can we find you out on social media? Yeah, so uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I got a YouTube channel, a couple songs on it. You might like them. You might hate them. But one of the lyrics in the songs is, hey, people might not like my sound, but they don't matter anyways. Oh. So in a similar way, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something and go go get after it. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah. So, hey, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege. It's been a blast. And, uh, um, yeah, thanks again. Ladies and gentlemen, the Garrett Owens. Thank you so much for hopping on the show today. It was incredible. I can speak for the entire city of Erie. We are super excited to see your journey and how it unfolds. And this isn't the last time we're going to be doing this, I have a feeling. So right after this first rough next season's over and you come back home, we're going to have to chop it up again. Maybe bring a couple teammates along this time. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'll be rocking my Roughnecks jersey that you send me, autographed, signed, <laughs> and uh, it'll be great. We'll throw it right up here in the studio. Why That's not? right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys go check out the description of this podcast. We're going to be plugging all of Garrett's socials uh, and all of that good stuff. We'll link his music in there too. Why not, right? And uh, it'll be lit. But uh, thank you once again so much for hopping on the show. Until next time, Mikey B signing off. This episode of the Michael Balco Show is brought to you by Donato's Pizza. Donato's Pizza prides themselves on ensuring that every piece of their pizza is the best piece of pizza you'll ever eat. I sure love me some Donato's Pizza, and I can guarantee that you will too. Donato's has three locations in the Erie area and many more across the country. Check out your local Donato's Pizza today.